Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? It's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer that. Before I go ahead with today's show, it's just a quick message. If you do enjoy this podcast, I'd really appreciate a decent review on Apple Podcasts. That's so important for indie shows like this. And if those huge shows go to the bother of asking their listeners for such reviews, then shows at the opposite end of the spectrum, such as this, need to ask too. So please do rate, review and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 15th of February 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 310. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. You find me joining you today just after too much porridge. No matter how often I try to have a reasonable portion of porridge, if that's what it is, portions, what would porridge be? Is it a portion of porridge, a helping of porridge? Whatever it is, it's too much. I just cannot seem to have a decent bowl of porridge. So this is, again, another evening tonight where I won't really need to eat. I don't know why I'm so greedy when it comes to porridge. Something I hadn't eaten, something that wasn't part of my life until I reached midlife. Why have I been so taken by the porridge this last decade. What is it about the porridge that I can't eat it in reasonable amounts? I don't know. I'm disappointed with myself again. I hadn't actually realized it was the cheesiest day of the year yesterday until it was actually over, which uh, is no bad thing, I suppose, if you do regard it as the cheesiest day of the year. I was listening to Howard Hughes and The Unexplained, and I was checking LinkedIn after midnight to see if I'd had a response from a guy I contacted on there whose dad was a well-known player 40 years ago, as uh, I'm looking to set up an interview with this guy for the football show. And while I was on there checking my messages, I saw some cheesy message from another professional footballer saying, Happy Valentine's to my wife and best friend. And two things happened. First, I realized it was Valentine's. I'd completely forgotten. It was never a big deal for me when I was in a relationship anyway, whichever one of the relationships, it was never a big deal. Though, I, you know, I'll concede that in my younger days when I couldn't get into a relationship at all I just lacked the confidence Valentine's was a big deal and then you find yourself in a relationship Valentine's comes along and you think I don't really like this this is overrated so certainly for the last 20 yeah 20 and a bit years it's never been a big deal for me well a big deal it has been a big deal in that it's a day that I dread or dreaded it's just uh yeah I'm just not into that but I'd completely missed it yesterday. And the second thing, I should say, actually, you might hear some uh, banging or drilling from downstairs. I've, uh, I've delayed the start of the show because they started just after I recorded my first take. 
it stopped, but it might start again. So uh, just uh, just to give you the heads up on that. The second thing that I was struck by when I read uh, this guy's Valentine's message was, uh, I've lost my thread now. Okay, no, I remember now. His message that threw me was a happy Valentine's to my wife and best friend. And I initially found myself wondering, well, how many people is he wishing a happy Valentine's to until I twigged, and I was very slow, admittedly, that his wife was his best friend. Now, call me a cynic, but I don't quite buy that. Why does your partner need to be your best friend too? Are you under pressure to say that? Nothing can be bigger for someone than being your partner. It's a huge role. Why is that not enough? Why do they need to be your best friend too? And also, you know, being a best friend, that's a big thing too. So you're telling me that you might have had a best friend before your partner came on the scene. Maybe a a best friend since childhood, but your partner bowls you over to such an extent when you meet them that they are now not only your partner, but your best friend too. I just don't accept that. Also in the case of this guy, and it's actually a thing with ex-footballers of a certain vintage, there's a few of them. And you always know them because they're the ones that even on LinkedIn, they have that kind of cheesy profile picture of them and their partner that is out of place on LinkedIn and really belongs to, uh, you know, Facebook, the Iceland of social media. And uh, with footballers, and I'm talking here guys in their 60s and 70s, it's always a second wife that's about 20 years younger or more. And uh, these old blokes look ridiculous alongside them. And you think, I bet if he was still with his first wife, she wouldn't be in the profile picture. It's it's a trophy thing. That's what it is. There is one particularly well-known footballer from, you know, from, well, from, yeah, 30 years ago now, had a very long career, and uh, he's one of those. Every single picture now, he's with his young wife, and uh, he looks ridiculous. He looks as ridiculous as his tight perm looked in the 80s. Back to the best friend thing, this guy, and this is uh, this is the guy who wrote the message on LinkedIn, he played in two World Cups, okay, 40 plus years ago, and he's wishing his uh, wife, and again, this wife was much younger looking than him, he's wishing her a happy Valentine's, now he's wishing a happy Valentine's to my wife and best friend. Now, he's fallen for a much younger woman, fine, he loves her, she loves him, okay, I buy that, I'm not going to question that. I still maintain, though, the first wife wouldn't get anywhere near the profile picture. But let's move on from that. My issue here is to claim this much younger partner is also their best friend. It's a hell of a hurdle for two people of differing generations to become best friends, don't you think? Now, I don't know enough about women to question whether women also do this, i.e. call their partners their best friends, or let's extend that to everyone, okay? So straight, gay, lesbian, bi, whatever. Do all of these people within their relationships feel under pressure to label their partner their best friend? Is that the done thing? Are so many people doing it now that you feel if you don't say your partner is also your best friend, your relationship's going to feel wrong? How did this start? If that was me, if I was this guy's young wife and I saw that message, yes, I might feel honored by that by having that status of best friend accorded to me. But I might also question how it is a man that I met as an adult didn't have a pre-existing best friend on the scene before I came along. Is there something wrong with them? 
That's what I'd be asking. Have I ended up with an unpopular man? I'm just not convinced. And I think if you don't have a best friend that is just, in inverted commas, a best friend and nothing more, I think there's something wrong with you. Obviously, I'm speaking as someone who's seen every single relationship go tits up. So do take what I say with a pinch of salt. Maybe next time, if my time here is not running out, maybe with my next relationship, I'll need to pretend my partner is also my best friend. That might buy the relationship an extra year or two. I'm a bit unsettled by the uh, the drilling that has stopped, just wondering when it's going to start again, and the hammering. It's going to be a short show anyway, I'm just not feeling very well today, so uh, it's going to be shorter than I intended, I can feel my throat going again. This neighbour, he sent an email around this morning, which is, you know, fair play, that's the right thing to do. But I saw his workman turning up unmasked with various bits of wood. And, uh, you know, a lot of wood in that flat, just wondering about uh, fire safety, you know. And also, his flat is the same size as this. He's been here six months now. What is he doing down there? The amount of work he's having done there, he must have the best flat in London. And uh, here, here am I, right above him. All I'm doing is uh, resetting mouse traps and uh, filling in gaps with foam filler. It's uh, it's strange, strange to be living above a guy who's spending so much money on his flat, and he has no idea the state of this place. There's a throat going again. A throat is not going to last. This. I've done the bins today, the communal bins. I took two sets of gloves with me, took my normal gloves and then the uh, bin-specific gloves. And this guy, again, downstairs, he hadn't broken up a lot of his boxes properly and he ends up using most of the recycling bins. Again, it's just a, such a striking lack of consideration for neighbours. It's uh, You get a real insight into someone when you see that kind of... Uh, behavior so put the bins out i'm not feeling great not been feeling great all the last week really i spent most of yesterday in bed and i'm going back there once this is recorded actually not right back in there actually i've just realized i've got to prepare some uh, some notes for an interview i'm doing later this week so i've set myself a target of 100 pages from that book I've read the book, but uh, as I read these books for the football show, I'm sticking post-it notes in there as reference points, and then I go back and revisit those post-it notes to see what it was about that particular passage that had me thinking there was something there that I could use for the show. So that's all I'm going to do today. I say all, of course, the admin when it comes to podcasting is uh, relentless, so it's no small thing, but this is going to be a short show, unfortunately. Uh, just just because of how I'm feeling. So uh, unusually for me, I spent most of yesterday in bed and, you know, I wasn't really drifting off, but I just felt that uh, my body's taking such a battering that it was the right place for me to be. If you heard last week's Patreon bonus episode 309 at the time, I hadn't yet received my second lot of blood test results back as the show went out, and I still haven't, and uh, I'm just going to chase them up tomorrow. Not going to bother today. I've done enough today, so I'll chase them up tomorrow. I've still not heard anything, and I think that uh, the worry of those results definitely triggered something. Just haven't felt right since since that moment. 
Of course, it could just be a coincidence and I've just picked up a cold, a winter cold, but it's been going on now for about nine days and my throat has been a real problem. So I'm now having to isolate and I uh, made myself an appointment to get tested this morning and uh, I've been there, got back and uh, it's just my throat feels painful in a, in a way that it's just the one side, the left-hand side of the throat. And it reminds me, one of the reasons I'm not big on fish is that as a kid, and I'm talking about three, four years old, because it was in the first place I lived in, my mum used to make this fish uh, soup. Well, it was fish and potatoes. And I remember swallowing a fish bone, and I remember it lodging in my throat and panicking. And that's what this sore throat actually reminds me of, because it's not the whole throat. It's just one side of the of the, uh, of the throat, and it just feels really, really sharp. So all weekend, uh, you know, I've been taking so many pills. Uh, I've been taking uh, lockets, which I can't stand. Uh, halls, I, I don't mind halls, but uh, lozenges I'm not a, not a big fan of. And I've got enough of them to, to get me through, I think, another few days. It's not responded to the pills. I've been taking some Benalin for a chesty cough. And I was just thinking, well, I've got a cough, but it's not a persistent cough. The sore throat wasn't the first thing that happened if I go back the last nine days to the beginning of this period of not feeling well. So I'm not sure I've got the symptoms or the symptoms in the order that you're meant to have the symptoms in. But it's not going to hurt me to have another test. And uh, at least it's not Christmas. At least I won't be waiting five days to get my uh, results. So I went there this morning and the test center is the same one I went to, but it's actually been moved further up what is already a really long road. And they've now built porter cabins and there's a, there's a walkway they've built out of wood. Maybe they're using the same workman that the, uh, the downstairs neighbor is using. I'm not sure what this fixation with wood is. So it was a bit more organized than last time, but for some reason that threw me. And I remembered what I was meant to do. You're meant to swab your throat, you know, around both sides of your tonsils. And I don't know how people don't gag when they're doing that. I, I think I think I'd have struggled to be anything other than a straight male, given that I struggle with swabbing the back of the throat. That has told me a lot, I think, about how limited I might have been had I been a woman or a gay man just cannot handle it and then you know you've got to go in with a nostril i'd rather have uh, two two different uh, swabs you know two different cotton buds rather than using the same one this goes back to the um the discussion with my uncle who felt that he prefer he would have preferred to do the nose first rather than the throat until i said to him well that's even less hygienic. Anyway, the young girl who had directed me to a booth and I'd forgotten how to do it. And I was looking at these directions that were on the wall and it said, if, you, if you're having trouble locating your tonsils, you can use the mirror. And then I thought, well, no, the chances are the mirror will have been handled. So try not to touch anything. And basically, I got the first test uh, just after Christmas went much more smoothly in terms of how I did it, in terms of how I put everything away, back in the bags and unsealing stuff. And this time I couldn't even seal the bag properly. 
you know, the girl was just standing there and she was unsettling me. And I think she just probably saw me as some middle-aged moron. She wasn't far wrong, really. It, it just... Um, it goes to that lack of common sense again. I'm sure that everybody else found it pretty straightforward to put everything back in the bag as, as they were meant to be, as they were meant to put it in. Then I'd thrown the stuff into the pedal bin without taking the test card out. So I had to then go back into the pedal bit and take the test card out. It was just, uh, it was just a mess. I should get my results by tomorrow. I don't really know where I, what I think about this, whether I've, you know, I've got it or I don't have it. I think this is just the, the way of things now. If, uh, you know, I'm not getting any better. I think I'm worried if I don't have it, then I'll have to call the doctor. I have to say, you know, I've tested negative. My throat still hurts. I may need some antibiotics. Can you give me some without me having to come in? Because, you know, I feel run down, uh, very tired, throat hurts, coughing. Uh, runny nose so we'll see I, I think i've done the right thing going in this morning and uh, if i do test positive i've just got to not stress too much about it i'm more stressed to be honest about the blood test and still not getting anything back from the doctors on my way back uh from the uh from having the test done i uh, walked back through the park i was watching all the runners and uh i haven't been able to run for about 10 days now and uh, you factor in big bowls of porridge like today I think I probably put a bit of weight on some would say much needed weight but uh, I do need to run it off I think this has been my longest break from the running since uh, taking it up and uh, moaning about it non-stop for the last 20 months what I know is that once I get back out there hopefully by the end of this week it is definitely going to be a big struggle and as I was nearing the end of the park which is where I start my run I just took a look at that uphill segment that is the uh, the start of my route and I was watching a couple of runners running up it in a, a more effective way than I managed to do and I was just thinking, you know, that hill is going to be so difficult uh, when I come back from this. It's uh, not looking forward to that. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 310. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. You can find all this work at danielruiztyson.com. And if you feel you want to uh, or are able to support the show with a one-off donation, there are PayPal links and coffee dot com links at danielruiztyson.com and uh, any uh, donation received will automatically get you a uh, the or the most recent patreon bonus uh, we transferred uh, to you most importantly though the best way to support this work is via the patreon page sign up at patreon.com forward slash drt available to bonus episodes in the last couple of uh, weeks there for patreon uh, supporters reflecting at the weekend how much I miss the cafe. It's not that I'd want to rebuild my life around it again. I'm just saying that I, that I, that I miss it. I miss its place in my life. And I spent so much of my life there, particularly, you know, in the last 20 years. 
and to to not have it to now be 11 months on from my last visit there it's uh, it's a huge thing and i've also been thinking that if we get through this okay and if the cafe gets through this when i return to the cafe and that will be or would be a, a massive decision i really think it would be do i try and use my coffee coupon card you know will those pre-pandemic uh, coffee stamps count in the post-covid era do i risk just handing the card with my money when i pay for the latte or rather than be presumptuous do i inquire whether the coffee stamps are back in play you know i'm just wondering how to play that really they might be affronted they might think this guy we've almost lost the business to this pandemic and he's wondering right away if he can make more money out of us my new kettle arrived on Saturday, a purchase, a budget purchase that made me feel like a grown-up and about time too, really, in terms of its arrival because the understudy kettle was taking forever to boil. It's it's amazing how long it was taking just to boil a single uh, cup of uh, coffee, glass of coffee, rather. And uh, Minty Matt had actually um, tweeted me, said, uh, you can remember... You can use the microwave to heat up uh, water, which I hadn't considered really, and that might have been a lot quicker. But uh, in terms of the understudy kettle, had it for three or four days in regular use, and uh, it's definitely an understudy. It will never be a first choice kettle. You know, it's not like uh, the pizzas which can, you know, that I have on the Saturday night, which can be alternated, the Sainsbury's or the Little Pizza. It's very much an understudy miniature kettle. So it's good to have this new uh, kettle in place. And uh, I'm still on the decaf, I think eight or nine days now without uh, caffeine. And I do wonder if those, well, the four day migraine that I had last week, I do wonder whether it was related to coming off the uh, the caffeine. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Uh, let me just give you my uh, nectar points. I had intended to go uh, Sainsbury's today, but uh, bearing in mind the uh, the situation with the uh, the test, I've had to leave that. So my most recent trip to Sainsbury's that was last week. I'd gone in there with a points balance of 62. I picked up some long life milk, uh, an unusual purchase for me, some yogurt, uh, some sugar free hauls. Um, already I wasn't feeling well last week. 500 grams of butter. Um, and that came to £4.70. New points balance, 66 points. Your points are worth 33p. I bought some long life milk because I've left myself a lot to do on the milk front. I'm sitting, I think, on eight to ten pints that need to be drunk by the 18th. So I've given myself an awful lot to do. Then I've got another bottle, I think, that I've got the 24th or the 25th. That's the expiry date on, on, on that third bottle. But the first two bottles, I've given myself a real problem there. So rather than buy more milk for now, more fresh milk, I've just bought myself a long life in case I do have to isolate for a while. And, um, well, there's a couple of things led to an email from uh, Baxmatic. Uh, the first, um, well, the main chunk of the email was devoted to mouse traps because on the uh, Patreon bonus episode, I was talking about my final 
counseling session last week and how it was interrupted by the sound of one of the mousetraps being sprung and how that unsettled me. And uh, Baxmatic uh, emailed, um, when was it? On Thursday, he emailed and... He says, uh, I use the Trixie Humane Trap, and he sent me a link to it. A slice of Snickers, bar up one end, they cannot resist. When the mouse gets caught, you wrap it all up in a towel, then walk to the park and release. I'm, I'm guessing the towel doesn't return to the flat with you. Uh, this, me and Lopez, when we uh, lived in a place uh, in Streatham in the late 90s with my cousin and an ex-girlfriend of mine, we had a period where... The flat, well, the house was being rocked by uh, mice, the appearances of uh, various mice, and we had one of those uh, humane traps, and uh, it, it was left to the ex-girlfriend to uh, release the mice. It wasn't something that any of the guys could do. Uh, Baxmatic continues, uh, then you walk to the park with the trap, you release the mouse, it gives them a fighting chance to die on their own terms, a free mouse on the land. Uh, I can't disagree with that, but also I'm just I'm just not equipped to be dealing with uh, rodents. It's, it's just that 50 milligrams of uh, medication that is enabling me to function like this. Because normally buying a mousetrap would be a huge thing. It would be an event. It would be something that would really leave me quite down. But here I am just going through the motions. Oh, got to buy a mousetrap? Okay, off I go to B&Q. Got to return the mousetrap, as happened last week. Okay, there I go, back to B&Q. That's kind of where I am at the moment with life. Uh, Tony finishes, P.S. Do you bathe in milk? 15 pints, what's that all about? I take uh, I take Tony's point. I think it's an OCD. I think that, I don't know, it's been going on now maybe for, for almost a couple of years. First of all, two pints used to do me. And if I had two pints in the fridge, that would suffice then i upped it to four pints and then in the last year it's just escalated if i go into a weekend less than 10 pints of uh, semi-skimmed milk in the fridge i do start panicking and i use a lot of milk as well for the porridge today i could have gone for more milk if i hadn't been um having that test i would have gone to sainsbury's and had a look at what the expiry dates were but uh I've got the uh, long life milk now that I bought last week and I just need to fall back on that in case I do have to isolate. Um, good news. Let's finish on an upbeat note. Uh, Calzone conversion on sloth Saturdays. Uh, Saturdays Calzone conversion. I used the little pizza, the uh, spicy meat feast and it was the best fold over in ages. Absolutely silent on the fold over. No bread tearing audio like I normally get. And I have to say, it's been a while since the fold-over was so smooth, and uh, I did enjoy that pizza. Obviously, the fact that I'm not running and not able to uh, run off any of this greed at the moment, it does leave me feeling a bit guilty, but I'm sure that at some point I will be able to uh, run it all off. And that is it. That is the end of today's show. Do get those shoulders back. Do keep on walking towards the sun, and definitely keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. 